Hello, and welcome to the show. Today we'll be joined by my friend Shar, who's a stand-up comedian. He was a startup founder, just like myself, and so we share a lot of similarities in our entrepreneurial journey. But today we're going to be talking about finding your truth. In this whole series, we're talking about self-discovery, purpose, and today we're really diving into to finding our truth, whether it's not exactly what the world prescribed for us, or you have some big, crazy, wild idea of making a new software, building a new business, and then, you know, you decide that actually stand-up comedy is for you, which is Shar's story. But there's so many different stories that would relate to this. And so I, I hope that you'll listen and learn a little bit more about finding your own personal truth. Thanks and welcome. Welcome to the 13th grade. What are some of the moments you remember most about high school? I'm going to go ahead and say it wasn't the Pythagorean theorem. Maybe I need to learn the TikTok, you know, that's (laughs) that's where I'm at right now. And I'm interested in exploring all the things we didn't learn in school. The secret of life is to enjoy the journey, to have fun, to embrace yourself. I'm your host, Rebecca Burrow. I want to invite you to learn with us. Get ready to learn something. Welcome to the 13th grade. Hello, and thank you for joining us today on the 13th grade podcast. Today, we have Shar as our guest, who will be unpacking in a minute a little bit more about finding your truth and what that means. Shar and I met at a co-working space uh, years ago called Cross Campus, and we both have been entrepreneurs for many years. Char has helped me a lot kind of refine my pitch for knit marketing. And we've brainstormed, you know, on each other's businesses many times. And in the course of the past year, Char has come to a big pivot in his business. And that's what leads us to our conversation today. And so Shar, with that, I will hand it over to you and tell us a little bit more about who you are and where you are. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So basically, I'm really grateful to be on this journey with you that we did meet a few years ago at Cross Campus. And I had a company called Helpkin. And Helpkin was an app to trade babysitting and pet care with friends. And I had been building that for about five years. And I was getting to a point where I was about to raise a lot of money. And I was realizing that if, well, it was the crossroads of I was going to have to raise a lot of money because I was running out of it as a startup founder. (laughs) Right. And then I I know how that goes. (laughs) Exactly. You're like, okay, so you're like, there's only so much credit they will give me. And then you're just (laughs) like. (laughs) before you say I'm I'm probably going to pay this back and then you so then I was going to raise money and I was starting to get to a point where it had been five years of me doing this and I wasn't actually sure if I was living my true purpose I was getting signs you know left and right of am I happy is this the work that I'm showing up to every day do I want to be doing this is it bringing me joy So I had to really dive into that question for myself and for a year did some soul searching to see if it was. And I'm sure we'll dive into what that looks like, how to find your truth. But in the end, I realized that I had to figure out what I was good at, which is making people laugh and bringing joy to people. And so I decided to 
go back to doing stand-up comedy, which is what I was doing years ago. And I have a theater degree and now I get to actually tell mom and dad that I'm going to use it, you know? <laughs> so what does doing stand-up comedy look like in the middle of a pandemic? It doesn't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, it looks like everyone's just like, oh, so you're probably writing a lot. You're just like writing a lot. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, just so much writing. That's how I wake up every day during a <laughs> pandemic. I'm just like really great writing habits. Like, no, what do you mean? I'm just like, I'm crying like the rest of you. I'm like watching all the Netflix. I've already watched as much as I can. Like it really just, <laughs> it is getting a lot of material, but not writing it out. Well, now it's been so long in the pandemic that I was like, okay, great. The comedy clubs aren't going to open up as fast as I want. Maybe I need to learn the TikTok, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's where I'm at right now. I love that. The TikTok. Absolutely. Okay, well, I'm going to download TikTok just so I can follow Char on hey. the TikTok. Amen. <laughs> there we go. That's funny. Um, I know. We always we always joke as a team because I'm like afraid to download TikTok. I like just don't <laughs> I don't even want to know. I don't want to know. But the my my team, my employees are always like, "Well, I saw on TikTok that blah blah blah." I'm like, okay. That's where they get their information. And I still have all the help getting me. So I'm like, oh, they're really good at their growth strategies because you'll still get texts of like playable TikToks all the time to be able to, you know, watch them from friends that are like, watch this TikTok. And you're like, great, great, great. Okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. Okay, I want to go back to a couple of things you said just in your intro. You said that you started to find, you started to see signs that you weren't, you know, doing what you were supposed to be doing or maybe called to be doing? What were some of those signs? For me, I do enjoy the fact that like, because you saw me at Cross Campus, the majority of what I do is my work. That being said, I had had to question, is what I'm showing up to all, you know, day in and day out, what I'm here to offer best in the world? And am I really happy with the actual work that is involved? I really had to ask that when, especially when I was being tasked to think about raising money and what it looked like to build a startup for 10 more years. And I just realized that that is not where my energy thrives. And I had to just really ask myself, you know, I've been building this for six years. I put family and friends money on the line. Is it that big of like, should I just keep going or not? And I actually found a a very interesting way to uh, kind of pivot in this way. I said, well, now that I've learned all the facets of building a business through friends and family money, I actually want to pay you back, but in the road that I'm going to take that actually brings me joy. So I plan to still gain wealth that way and pay back my early family and friend investors that way. Uh, But now I get to do it in a way that actually brings me joy and I can still, you know, like law of attraction, bring in abundance to myself in ways because I know that it's, I'm living my sole purpose doing it. And there's a very amazing like diagram called the Ikigai, and that's spelled I-K-A-G-A-I diagram. It is a Japanese one that I believe kind of means way of life. And it depicts like what your four different areas of life, what you're good at, what you love, what the world needs and what you can be paid for mm-hmm. and it kind of aligns like the different four parts of these diagram to show like, okay, well, is that a passion or is it your mission or is it a perfect, just a profession a vocation and, or can you get all four in one? And it's also remembering that we don't also need to 
do all those four things at once, right? Because you can just keep some as hobbies. You can just keep your work to be something that you're paid for. But for some of us, especially in America that are so aligned, like I said, with what we do being our identity of who we are, right? People say, oh, that literally is the first question. Oh, so what do you do? Right. And you're just right. like, I don't know. I'm figuring it out. And <laughs> right, you're like, I don't know. What do you do? Oh, great. So they're like, well, I do systems processing it. I'm like, all right. <laughs> right. That's always the answer. Dinner parties. I'm just like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I just have to be like, I'm a comedian. They're like, oh, wow. I'm like, I'm not a working comedian yet. But like, I am a comedian. <laughs> I like, I'm funny. And that's enough. So yeah, the Ikigai was a great diagram to start analyzing the differences between, again, what you love, what you're good at, what you can be paid for, and what the world needs. And that I really loved to be like really owning your truth. And that was me realizing of what it is that I really love to do. And that's make people laugh. And I've always been good at it and doing all these characters and accents and such. And yeah. So. That's cool. Mm -hmm. You're reminding me of something I heard. I think it was an Elizabeth Gilbert talk where she talks about a similar breakdown of like what your vocation is versus passion or career. I don't remember yes. like her yeah. exact vocab words, but I think it's really important because for some reason, I, I've always had an issue with the idea of like, you know, finding the one thing that makes you who you are or like quitting your job to go fo follow your dream or whatever. And not, not because it's bad to do that. You're right. I'm doing that too, but I've had an <laughs> issue. <laughs> I've always had an issue with it because I feel like it's a luxury to be able to do that. Most people around the world work in agriculture or work in a factory and they have to just do their work to feed their families. And so I, I don't know, I like push back a lot of times on that idea, Absolutely. but I, I love the way of breaking it down. Like you just talked about, because it means you could have the job that pays for your life, but there are other aspects of life that you can invest in that really help you to find your truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a very good point. And then I, well, first off, say that I'm lucky and grateful that, you know, I can even think first of being like, you know what, I get to choose what I want to do. And while it, it is exactly what you said, the majority of jobs in the world are there for you to just get paid and feed the family. But actually, that's an interesting thing, because for me, I also right now work as a server at a restaurant. Mm -hmm. So the competitor that I was working for wasn't VC funded either. So I didn't do a big sellout. It was just very minimal to a point where I still had been spending my own money for the first last couple of years of the company. And I had to get a job. So but yeah. the thing was, the majority of people I've noticed that work in the restaurant industry also just do it because they're just feeding the family. But I chose the restaurant because I love it. And that's the thing mm -hmm. is there are, I believe, like a million different jobs. And I, I can't speak for, you know, every country and understanding how different cultures work. Because even though people look at me and they see, oh, wow, you're Middle Eastern, you're just so cultured and exotic. And I'm just like, you know what, I was, <laughs> I was born in Florida. I was like, I'm like, I don't know, I was born in Boca Raton. Like, what do you want me to say? And <laughs> like, someone once said like, oh, like a coconut. I was like, what? They're like hairy on the outside, white on the inside. And I was like, well, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. If I would say that again. And 
but you just what? did. Well, <laughs> really, you just did on a podcast for 13th graders. This is for 13th graders, right? Yeah, everybody. <laughs> oh, amen. I totally just got that. I, don't worry, the joke landed. I, I did get it. Uh, what were we saying? <laughs> so, but that's the thing is I chose being a server because I actually love it. I love, mm-hmm. I, that's where I practice my standup. When I worked at the Cheesecake Factory, the tables that were like roaring laughing, people just knew were mine. And the same thing now, it's where I practice, you know, my crowd work, my banter. They're, you don't go to school for standup. They don't have it. <laughs> and I mean, they do, but you know, people, that's not where most stand-up comics go. They go through living. And yeah. yeah, so it's just like I chose serving because I love serving food to people, like great food, that that whole concept of in the restaurant industry, which sounds so silly to some people that work there because they're just doing it because they need to pay the rent. And I'm like, it pays the rent, but I also love to show up to work. And so I think even if you're going to work in the restaurant industry, choose that because you would love to work at the restaurant and you would love to serve tables for eight hours a a day, you know, for a few days a week. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's such a great point. There, there are lots of ways to make a paycheck. So you're spending eight to 10 to 12 hours a day doing it. So if you can do something that you enjoy doing, I love that. Yeah. What happened, what happened to help kid? So we actually, I, there was a founder, Aaron at Wana is the name of their family parent company who was in Los Angeles already building the same startup that I was. And then they were newer when I first saw them. But one of our biggest competitor, Comey in Akron, Ohio, had just also kind of had the same thing that I was going through, which was they were burnt out. And did they want to move forward or merge with someone else? And so they actually found Aaron also in Los Angeles. And she had acquired a couple other of our direct competitors that were all trying to build the same platform. And I also approached her as well because we had been in talks for about a year doing the same thing in the same city. So uh, in the end, I became an advisor for the company and, you know, we, now she has all the Intel and amazingness that, you know, we were going to build Helpkin on. And so I've been advising them and helping them grow their company and they're That's so cool. Yeah. And, and I think their platform, well, we still have the name Comey right now as their app. Uh, and that's kind of what people can find that on. Okay, cool. I also, you know, you're touching on something so interesting, I think, is that from like a business perspective or an entrepreneur perspective, you're talking about there's all these different companies all over the country that were building an app. So it's like you're building something that is of need and it's competitive and people are there's a use for it, right? Like the whole business thing, like you have to build something of value. Who's your customer? Blah, blah, blah. Like you were building something that is of value, but at the same time, it wasn't, it still wasn't your thing. So I, I mean, I love that you were able to create something of worth and of value and put your heart and soul into it and still know, like, how how do I say this? Like, still know that it was valuable, but just not not for you anymore. Yeah, actually, that's a very interesting. Another way that I like to look at that is when people ask me about how to build their app idea, right? So people come to you, probably they come to me and they say, oh, I have this really cool idea for a business. Or for me, it's I have a really cool idea for an app. Well, the first thing I tell this person is great. I'm excited for you. Now, here are the hard questions because, you know, you came to me and and asked me what you should do. I'm going to tell you what it's like five years later after having this, I was like, 
the number one question is look up other companies out there all over the world that are trying to build this exact same product as you or as close as possible. Mm -hmm. Then ask yourself, why should you be the one to build it or versus go and join them? And because right. what's, what's standing in the way is just ego at that point. If if for some reason you're like, well, everything's the same, but I just want to do it. And that's great. It, and if you come to terms with the fact that you're like, yes, I actually think I could do a better job. I want to do this for the next five to 10, 15 years of my life or forever. And yeah, so do you want to do that for the rest of your life? And will it make you happy? So now I asked that question too. I was like, could you imagine you being happy? In fact, I asked Aaron that question the day I was proposing to give her my company. And I said, are you happy doing this? And she was like, yes. And to this mm -hmm. day, I still see her, you know, thriving in it. And even during the pandemic, she, they were able to pivot and sell, you know, the company to or do like a B2B kind of partnerships with hospitals or anywhere that were essential workers that have parents. They've been oh, able great. to sell the platform for those families, which is a great way to grow the you know user base and also uh, get revenue at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I love that. And I think you're, it's, it's really funny. I'm like laughing to myself over here. The, the question of like, Oh, I have this great idea. And you're like, <laughs> you're like, that's great. I'm excited for you. Like, <laughs> you sound very excited. You're just yeah. like, that. You said you're, like <laughs> you're like, I can't tell any of that sarcasm at all, actually. Yeah. You're <laughs> like, I love running a business. <laughs> this is my favorite thing I ever did. This seems like a good place to take a break. We'll be right back. Knit Marketing hires teens. Yep, it's our social mission to give lots of young people quality jobs, but it's also because they do excellent creative work. In addition to hiring and training our own team, we love to help businesses grow their own youth teams. Whether you're starting a summer internship program or hiring a social media manager, give us a call and we'll walk you through everything you need to know about youth employment. We'll even train your team for you. Go to knitmarketing.com slash knit dash academy. In a year with so many unknowns and a surprisingly busy year for the housing market, you'll want a realtor who takes the stress out of the home buying or selling process. Hillary Blaha, Southern CA Pinnacle Real Estate Agent, is patient, hardworking, and loves being able to help her clients fulfill their real estate goals. If you've been looking for a better home office or more outdoor space, because let's keep it real, who knows when life will ever be back to normal, Hillary Blaha is your realtor. You do the dreaming, Hillary will take care of the rest. Find out more at hillaryblaha.com. So we didn't really talk about like where, what led you to Helpkin in the first place and kind of your journey up to that point. And I'm wondering what decisions did you make along the way that kind of led you to Helpkin? I don't want to say, you know, they were bad choices, but maybe choices that kind of led you in the wrong direction. Because you're right now, you're like redirecting yourself back to comedy. So what what led you astray? <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to put it. So I would say I was starting stand up right after college. So I was 21 ish, and I'm 30 now. So right around then, I was starting my stand up career X, Y, and Z. I was in Orange County, and I was then offered a job to work at a tech company. Because basically they were like, oh, wow, you're really personable and you can have a conversation with other human beings. And they were like, oh, well, you know, you, you know what you'd be good at? And I was like, what? <laughs> like bright and shiny after college with a few degree. 
And they were just like, sales. And I was like, oh, okay. And they're like, yeah, just come work. We'll make a lot of money. You will crush it. Tech startup, right? And so that whole thing happened. And mm-hmm. I was just bejeweled by the money of just working for the money. I'm an American, right? So that that really played in of having to to do it. I actually don't too much believe in the wrong decisions or having regrets. I believe in looking at every part of life for being for a reason. So without mm-hmm. this experience or opportunity, I wouldn't have come to realize how strongly I would be needing to live my purpose without, right? It's like without having not lived my purpose for five years on that road that I worked at the tech startup for a few years. And that's when I had the idea for Helpkin because I had a couple friends who had kids when they were very early, like 17 and 18 years of age, and they were best friends of mine. And I was always happy to babysit. And I was like, I'm your gay best friend. Like, let me help you as well. And I was like, there's more people out there that would be happy to help for free that you actually Mm -hmm. trust. So why don't we build a village and, you know, rebuild that community? So that's where that idea came from. And I started building it. And yeah. And again, I was that person who just had a good app idea. That's all it was. It was, and I didn't know the, I didn't have any of the wiser, like to question, well, what do I do with that? I didn't have any advice of saying, well, and that's okay. I just didn't. And that's life, right? So at that time, I didn't have anyone to say, look up your competitors. Why don't you work for them? The advice I give people, you know, so we just got to roll with the punches. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. I I love that, that you said they're not like wrong decisions or bad decisions because we can learn from all of that. And probably a lot of what you've learned in your experience building Helpkin will help get your comedy career off the road i imagine oh yes absolutely i was like now i just know how how much i need to work for free and how much i don't you know those things <laughs> <laughs> and like yeah. what i want what i want to do like building a brand i don't want to the reason like if we tell the listeners how to contact me right now it'll be through you because i don't want to build my own facebook instagram the tiktok like i said it's just not <laughs> not in my wheelhouse i'm like I know what that's like for a startup and it's uh, so dramatic. I was like, I'd rather just audition and offer my gifts and talents through doing the, doing the, the acting and doing the comedy. What are some challenges that you have faced throughout your career that have helped define you? Hmm. Let's see. I would say back when I was doing stand-up comedy, bombing, half the time because I I was literally starting out before I just on a whim got the job at the tech company and I had performed three times and it killed and I performed three times and it bombed Mm. (laughs) and so I would say that is some humbling experience and then now realizing that my work plan this year was just go to as many stand-up open mics as I could and I wouldn't invite any friends for the first few months because I don't need fake laughs. I was like, <laughs> I just was going to go by myself and uh, get out the kinks to, to you know, the th- great thing about my company, right, is we've learned about constant improvement over time, right? So mm-hmm. I was like, let's do that. Of How do I get to a place where for the majority of the time I'm consistently killing it? So I know how to work every venue, work hecklers, work, you know whatever it may be, whatever thing is throwing me off, learn how to just get over it. And that's a big one, I would say, bombing in comedy. 
and yeah. I would say one in the tech world would be running out of money all the time, just like <laughs> constantly, like not having money and asking my parents for more. I'm <laughs> just like, what do you want me to? That would, and now I've gotten to the place where I was like, I'm 30. I'm not asking for any more money. And that's why I like started driving for Postmates this week. Cause now I haven't worked at the restaurant for a year almost. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm, and, and there's nothing wrong with it. I was like, just listen actually i think to myself sometimes not having the money is just as important i was like i could have done the entire company that i was building without any money i Mm -hmm. kind of realized at the end maybe maybe not no but i don't know i would say that i think so no i totally think so i mean we we've had a similar experience like i started knit with a full-time job and money and savings. And I made so many dumb decisions because it was just easy to pay for them. Mm-hmm. And so I totally think being scrappy and really being scrappy, like being forced to not spend yeah. any money. You just need people that love what you're creating. And that's what it comes down to is if you really love what you're doing, it, it shouldn't be an issue, right? That's actually, a, I think a good telltale sign is I'm able to do comedy now with no money in the bank. And it's like, I have no worries about that either because i know that i'm really living my sole purpose on this planet of what i'm here to offer the world so yeah yeah you'll make it happen exactly yeah i love that what are some of your guiding principles that help you make decisions so i think it's uh pretty great to when you figure out your purpose and what you're here to do you'll also have discovered principles or kind of guidelines for any project or any new career choice or anything that you want to do in life that kind of guides you. And mine are these four. Trust life, be your best you, serve with love, and enjoy. So those four that I break down, trust life is, am I doing whatever this is from a place of fear or is it that I'm really trusting that it's meant to be? So trusting your gut and intuition is the way to go with that one. And if you know that you're doing it for the right reasons, that it'll all work out. Be your best you is if you've now figured out who you are and what you're here to do, do you, are you here to, you know, for example, be the talent and be the voice, or are you going to also do all the sound editing and record recording and all that as well? I know that mine is just get to the microphone and record and let others do the rest. I actually have a phrase. It's do your best and enroll others to do the rest. I feel like it was much better before, but it was something like, like that. No, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and the serve with love is know that you are here to give to the world, you know, your best and do it from a place of love, do it entirely with, you know, a, a true positive, good place in your heart. And you're not doing anything from a place of evil or anything that's just for you or or ego based, you're serving the world with love. And then the last Mm -hmm. one is enjoy. For me, that goes two ways. It's the joy that I'm bringing others. And it's also, am I enjoying whatever the project is? Or am I doing it and I'm not? So kind of really looking at what are your guiding principles. And that's a great way to have that mantra to go through yourself 
uh, before you take on any project or do any work or even a task, you know, things like that. Yeah. And we were kind of chit-chatting about, you know, your decision to work on your personal brand or not. And you were talking about how those guiding principles helped with that. Can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah. So it's very interesting because I looked into other comedians that I love. And there are some people that did stand-up comedy like Jim Gaffigan, Ellen DeGeneres, John Mulaney, who have built up their own social media brands. And there are others who I love as well that kind of got into the comedy world through improv. And those are like Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Kristen Wiig. And they actually, which was so interesting, have no social media accounts. They have no Facebook, Instagram, Hmm. YouTube, the TikTok, right? They have none of them. (laughs) And so that is something that I was like, wow, they knew that their truth was very much of just doing the, the work of showing up to do the entertainment and they would still reach the world, but they kind of knew how to keep their lane and do what they're meant to do. Right. And that was something that I kind of am aligned with myself. Yeah, totally. So you used your principles of doing your best and Mm -hmm. being yourself and, and, and the stuff that you enjoy too, right? Like not, not spending time doing things that you don't enjoy. Exactly. Like building a brand. Exactly. Right. I'm like, I'd much rather just learn, you know, work on my craft of like getting better and auditioning at rather than having to do follow for follow, you know, <laughs> to, to be completely frank of how yes. people grow their Instagram yes. brands. So yeah, there, there we go. If I'm being honest. Yeah, that's great. Well, Shar, is there are there any other, you know, takeaways or pieces of advice that you want the world to know? To not take yourself so seriously all the time. Like we saw us dive into some hilarious backstories of, of <laughs> right of life. And yeah, to find joy every day in your life. I'll give you that. You know, every day take a moment to make sure you schedule in some joy if you need to. Yeah, that's great. And kind of along the same lines, uh, we're wrapping up every show with this is a podcast for lifelong learners. So what are what is one thing or a couple things that you've learned throughout your career in life that you wish you would have known sooner? You wish you would have known before Uh, 13th grade. (laughs) Okay. yes, that, you know, along with what I'm saying, that we should at least try to do what we feel like we're here on this planet to do, to do the soul searching because they don't teach you that. They tell you that your sentences are run on and that you don't have to have it all figured out. You can really, yeah, you don't have to have it all figured out by the time you're done with school. Just embrace the fact that you can figure it out as you go. Thank you for sharing. This has been amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much, Shar. And as Shar kind of mentioned in the middle here, if you have any questions or want to want to follow Shar's uh, TikTok, no, just kidding. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> if if you want to reach out to him at all, just please reach out to us at the podcast, and we will connect you. Thank you so much, Shar. Thank you, Rebecca. Great chatting. The Thirteenth Grade Podcast is a production of Knit Marketing. Music written and performed by Adewale Williams and Yusuf Blake. Sound engineering and editing by Jackson Duhaj. 
Thank you for joining us and be sure to hit subscribe and leave us a review. See you next class. Thank you.